Well, hello. hello. How are you guys doing? Hey, who's happy? I want you to turn to your neighbor. Just go ahead and look right at him. Look at, look at him in the eyeballs and say, say this. Repeat after me. You look good. I see Jesus on you. Now turn to the other neighbor you so rudely left out a second ago, and I want you to say this to them. I want you to say, I can see you in your future, and you look much better than you look right now. How many of you know God has a good plan for your life? My name is Jonathan Wiggins. It's an honor to be here. John Leach is my friend, and he's an awesome pastor. And uh, during this remarkable series, uh, I've been asked to talk about remarkable faith, and I can't really do that without telling you guys about my brother. His name's Randall. We're originally from Louisiana, and uh, like a lot of people, we went through some really uh, uh, hurtful times in church, and it kind of blew up my family with a, a ministry scandal. My dad was in ministry, and the way the church just, uh, I think, failed to, uh, to reach out to us with love uh, really wounded us in a big way. And my brother and my sister for years and years never went back to church. So we're talking about remarkable faith. And here are some people that uh, we have a legacy of ministry in our family. Lots of people, my parents, grandparents, and their family, all in ministry. But now my brother has been blown up, broken by the church. You know, I heard somebody say one time, the reason a lot of people don't want to go to church is because they've been to one. <laughs> and so my brother had these terrible experiences. And my dad uh, was a really hard guy. We were, uh, uh, we were abused by him physically. As a matter of fact, I was taken from my home and as a teenager and placed with another family. And the uh, counselor who uh, facilitated that transition out of my home and into another family, uh, another house, was given the Louisiana Angel Award for her work with at-risk youth. And the uh, group that gave her that award said it was my story that compelled them to give her this award. So pretty dramatic abuse. And so my brother, uh, you know, God somehow uh, brought me through to a place of a lot of healing, but my brother was a broken guy. And a few years ago, uh, his wife was just kind of at the end of her rope, uh, not wanting to stay married anymore, and said, Jonathan, we need help. Uh, do you have any kind of uh, advice for me or anything that we can do? And uh, so we started talking about different ideas, ways that we could help my brother. And I said, well, you know, he doesn't like the church or church people, but he does love the Bible. He has a really high uh, uh, respect and honor for the Word of God. So why don't you grab him uh, an audio Bible so that when he's driving to work, he's an RN, and he drives 45 minutes each way to work and back. Uh, so while he's driving in, in his commute, he can listen uh, to the Bible. Because you see, if we're going to talk about remarkable faith, you need to understand the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Let me be your spiritual mama here for a second and say, read your Bible. Yeah, you know, that's the thing, right? Some people do that. I'll just stick to my notes. And so, and so we, for, for uh, Randall's birthday, we got him an audio Bible. And he was so thrilled with this. And so he starts listening every day to the Bible in his car. And 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back. And within just a few days, something started transitioning and, sh and shifting in his life. And I started getting these daily phone calls. Hey, bro, what are you doing today? I'm like, man, I'm just the same thing as every day. What are you doing? Man, I, 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 I went to work. I came back. But, but I've been listening to the Bible today. And, uh, and he starts, do, do you know what the Nephilim are? 
Like, what is that? You know, what, what's Leviathan? And, and did God really harden Pharaoh's heart? You know, all those questions that people ask when they first start going through the Bible. And so there was this kind of wrestling with the word of truth. But something started happening in him. And so these daily calls, I'll, I'll try to compress this and give you kind of an update of uh, a quick uh, kind of the peaks of this story. One day he calls me and he says, Jonathan, man, God's speaking to me through, through the word here. And, and I feel like he's speaking to me. And as I'm listening to the Bible, I feel like God's talking directly to me. And he's talking about forgiveness and mercy. And, and Jonathan, I, I just feel like I need to forgive dad. And big tears welled up in my eyes. I'm like, absolutely, you need to forgive dad. And I'm going to be praying that you can come to a place of <clears throat> total healing and forgiveness. And so then the next day he calls me and says, not only did, have I, uh, he, he called dad, he called him. And they reconnected after years and years. The next day he said, Jonathan, man, I, I started praying for dad today. Listening to the Bible, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I started praying for dad. <clears throat> and he said, I started like talking to the devil too. I started telling him, get out of my dad's life. That's pretty cool. My brother can't spell the word rebuke, but that's what he was doing. Man, I was, and he said, I started shouting at the devil. Get out of here. Get out of here. He said, I shouted. And I was like shouting praise to God and shouting at the devil to get out of here. And he said, I went hoarse. By the time I got to work, I had no voice left. Now, let me tell you something. Faith grants access into heaven, into God. It gives us access to God so that we find ourselves in God. Now, let me give you a little, <laughs> a little uh, lesson here. In theos, in theos. The Greek, meaning in God, is the same word, the same words that we get the word enthusiasm. Enthusiasm at its root means you find yourself in God and all of a sudden you have this amazing passion in your life because, because you're in God and God's in you. Anybody relate to this at all? And my brother was, I mean, he was like, he was like, a cheerleader for the human race. I mean, he becomes so enthusiastic. I'm praying for you, Jonathan. I'm praying for my family. I started praying for my enemies. Okay, and then his wife calls me and says, Jonathan, uh, we need help. I think he's going crazy. I said, well, what are you talking about? She said, well, he's praying. I'm like, well, that's good. She says, no, you don't understand. He's praying about everything. He prays about which nurse's uniform to put on every day to go to work. You guys know they're like identical, right? <laughs> which one? Which one? Okay. And he's asking the Lord. And since he was 12, uh, he, he's been addicted to cigarettes since he was 12. Now, listen, I'm not here to beat you up for smoking. If, you, if that's what you think I'm saying, you are missing the point. Fair? Okay. But this is something that's been a distraction in his life, and he's wanted to get free. <clears throat> so... So he's driving back and forth, listening to the word of God. Faith is rising up, remarkable faith in the power of God. And he says, one day he calls me, man, he says, Jonathan, you won't believe what happened today. I said, man, I'm ready. Tell me. And he said, I was driving to work and I was praying for dad and, uh, and just praying that God would free his heart. He said, I pulled into the parking lot of the hospital and I started walking up the, the, the sidewalk to the front entrance of the hospital. And this piece of paper uh, blows across my path and lands face down right in front of me. He said, so I bent down and I, 
I picked it up and turned it over. It was a flyer, and it was an invitation to a prayer meeting, but, the, but the, it said this, expect a miracle, prayer changes things. Okay, God apparently uses snail mail or something. I mean, you know. <clears throat> yes, Lord. Isn't this remarkable? And how did it start? It started with him getting into the word of God. And he was so, uh, 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 he was just enthused by this. He was in God. God was in him. And he became this passionate guy. And he sees this piece of paper and it's just a huge confirmation for him. Well, about a week later, he calls me. He says, man, you just won't believe what happened to me. I said, you know, I, I believe you. I, believe, I don't think I will. And uh, he says, let me tell you what happened today. He said, this morning, I prayed about which uniform to put on. I grabbed my smokes. I prayed about which car to get into. I prayed about which way to drive to work. And he said, he said I, I opened up my, my pack of cigarettes. He calls them smokes. And I only had two left. He said, so... As I was driving to work, I, I see this uh, convenience station. I said, God, where do you want me to buy my cigarettes today? <laughs> Every religious person in this room just got offended, okay? Uh, where do you want me to buy my cigarettes today? And so he said, he, he sees this convenience station. God, do you want me to buy them there? And he said, I felt like God said no. So he kept driving, and he goes to this, this next convenience station. God, do you want me to buy my smokes there? And he says, Jonathan, I felt like God said yes. And so he got out. Uh, he walks in. He grabs the pack of smokes that he wants, puts them on the counter, and they talk about, I forget the price, but, man, cigarettes are expensive. Uh, and so he, he reaches for his wallet, and he doesn't have his check card with him. And so he says, hang on just a minute. He had a lot of change in his car. So he grabs like quarters and nickels and dimes and he walks over like a little kid to the counter, you know, and just, is that enough? And they count. He was 27 cents short. 27 cents short. Let me, he had his card. This is the story. The card reader was broken. He had his Visa card. That other store, the card reader worked. Right? I mean, what kind of convenience station has a broken card reader? You know, you know. and so all he, all he could spend there was cash. He was 27 cents short, so he can't buy a smoke. So he gets in his car and he says, God, are you trying to tell me to quit smoking? So he gets on uh, Interstate 20 in, in North Louisiana, starts heading toward the hospital. Now, check this out. I don't recommend this to you guys, but I'm just telling you a story. He sees a hitchhiker. He's listening to the Bible. He's praying. He's shouting at the devil. He's shouting praise to God. And he's thinking about, should I, God, are you telling me to stop smoking? And, and this guy's hitchhiking. So he, he, uh, he passes him on the interstate. He says, God, do you want me to pick up the hitchhiker? And God said, yes. And so he pulls over, starts backing up to the guy. He rolls down the window and he says, where are you going? He says, well, I'm going to the same town that the hospital was in. Randall said, okay, I can take you there. You can ride with me if you're okay with listening to the Bible. The guy said, absolutely. So he gets in, and this uh, hitchhiker sits down, and he has this uh, backpack, and he's holding this backpack to his chest. And so they start driving down the road. And my crazy brother starts telling him about this conversation he's been having with God. 
and how he tried to get his smokes and he didn't, you know, they didn't, the card reader didn't work and he was 27 cents short. He says, I think God's trying to tell me to quit smoking. And he said, he said, Jonathan, this guy was looking at me like I was crazy. (laughs) He said, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. He just kept saying this and Randall finally said, what do you mean? He said, I just can't believe it. He said, what are you talking about? He said, just two minutes before you picked me up, as I was walking along Interstate 20, I came across something that might be of help to you. And he unzips his backpack and he takes out a box still wrapped in cellophane of Nicorette nicotine gum (laughs) that he found on the interstate just before my brother picked him up because God told him to. Remarkable, yes? Listen, my brother's still a normal person. He has his ups and downs, but the word of God changed his life and faith took root in his life. And now he's got relationships with believers. I'm going to tell you something. You and I, we can get into the word of God, let faith be built up on the inside of us because remarkable faith is really faith in God's remarkable power. And when we get into God, when we're in Theos, listen to me because this is where we're headed today. When we get into God, what happens is our life takes on an enthusiasm and a passion. Can I tell you something? Along the time of the, uh, of the Puritans, uh, there, this idea of entheos, do you guys see it? I think we have a picture uh, we can show you guys of the Puritans. Now, they did some cool things, but uh, they were also kind of an unhappy sort. Look at that guy. He does not have the maxiofacial capacity to smile, okay? This guy just looks like he was born and bred to be sad. And anyway, I'm picking on the Puritans. They did some great things. But along the 1600s, the Puritans started to uh, uh, value order and uh, getting the doctrine just right. Doctrine is so important. But they started to kind of frown on living out of enthusiasm. And it was in the 1600s in North America where being happy and joyful and excited about the things of God became kind of an uncool thing. And the idea of being uh, uh, enthusiastic was no longer positive. But let me tell you something. For all these years since Jesus, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. Okay? Does, does uh, everything that you do, does everything you do have the, the empowerment of God's risen spirit in you? The, the resurrection power of God. If so, you are going to live an enthusiastic life. You guys with me? Yeah. All right. Colossians 1.29. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. In other words, this same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, all this great power is on the inside of me. So everything I put my hands to, I'm going to do it with 100% of God's empowering energy and, and strength. Tough crowd. (laughs) And so listen, all over the world, Christians get this, that this idea of enthusiasm and being excited about Jesus and being happy, and it's party time because it's church. We get this all over the world, except in North America, because this puritanical influence came in and said, don't you dare be happy. And listen, you remember back in the day, a long time ago, we used to sing, Kumbaya, my Lord. 
kumbaya. You guys remember this? Around a campfire with a badly tuned guitar. Okay, that comes from Africa. But let me tell you something. The African origin of this song was not kumbaya, my Lord. It was this, kumbaya, hey, kumbaya, woo! You hear Africans sing kumbaya, come by here. They're excited. They're enthusiastic. We don't get it. The only legal emotion. You know, we have this idea that sorrow is godly. And there is such thing as godly sorrow. But the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you're missing out on joy in God, you're missing a third of the kingdom. Sorrow is good. <laughs> that person, God's all over that person. <laughs> God's all over that person. But you see somebody enthusiastic about God and you want to run them out of the church because they're not in order. They'll do happy. Right? That can't be biblical. I mean, the New Testament church, Acts 2, weren't they all crying? <laughs> they were so enthused and so, it was party time, guys, because the Holy Spirit was there and the, and the resurrected power, resurrection power of God had been released to the church and they were so excited about it, people thought they were drunk in the morning. <laughs> I'm having fun. And so in the 1600s, the Puritans started saying, those people are, they're enthusiastic. Those are, those people that are excited, overly excited uh, about, overly ecstatic about the things of God. Those people are fanatics. They're fanatics. And we don't want to be called fanatic. We don't know what it means. It just doesn't sound good. <laughs> right? We don't want to be called fanatics. I'm Fanatic is a bad word. But guys, you and I, we use that word all the time. We just don't use the whole word. We use the first three letters. And it's okay to be a fan of everything. Be enthusiastic. Be a fan. Broncos fan. You guys ever seen that barrel guy? Man. That's a fan right there. And it's, it's exciting. It's fun. You can be a fan. You can be enthusiastic everywhere except the church. Because that's just, that's just, uh, that's something, something's just wrong there. Sorrow is good. Joy is bad. But guys, we've got to get ourselves free of this influence, this four or five hundred year old influence that says that that enthusiasm is something wrong when its very name means we found ourselves in Theos, in God, and there's a passion that rises up from it. Boy, being a, pa a, 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 a fan can have great spiritual power. I want to show you guys a video. The team is Utah State. My friend Kathy Melson found out about them from an ESPN story on the craziest fans in basketball. The I believe that we will win chant happened before every home basketball game. At the time uh, Kathy found out about them, they were ranked number 22 in the country, and their season record at the time was 22 wins and two losses. They were undefeated at home and attributed a lot of their success to their crazy fans. I want you guys to, to get this. Pay attention to the screens and watch these guys in action.
Is that crazy? What if church was like that? I believe that we have one. Right? What if, what if we let it show? What if we let joy become a legal emotion in church? Yeah, I agree. Let me just say this again, Romans 14, 17. It is the kingdom of God. It's not a matter of eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. We are an enthusiastic group on my staff because we have given each other permission to be a little bit crazy and a little bit fanatical because we really do believe that God is real, that God beat death, and that he has an awesome plan for my life, and that enthusiasm is not shallow. In fact, listen, it can be. But when it's in the right, coming from the right source, coming from our intimacy with God, our relationship with God, that resurrection power uh, uh, begins to just permeate the atmosphere around us. And it's amazing what a fan, a Jesus fan, can bring to bear in a room. Do you know there's tremendous spiritual power in a smile? You can walk into a tense situation and just smile, and you can change the atmosphere. We have an awesome staff. We have a fun staff. Let me tell you about something that happened. We started doing something called a joy tunnel at our church. Now, we are crazy Maddox. Just letting you know. So we can get away with stuff. I don't know if you guys can get away with it. I dare you one day to try this. But uh, in my church, what we do is we have two rows of people. They're facing each other. And, uh, and then we invite anybody who wants to to come through this joy tunnel is what we call it. A joy tunnel. And so we have these two lines. And when people start coming through, we start cheering them, praying for them, like going crazy, high-fiving these guys. And so it's always awkward at first. <laughs> but then about five minutes later, it's like, woo, party time. And we are having a blast. We treat everybody that comes through like rock stars. Yeah, woo, right? And so we went on staff retreat. Now, we have fun on our staff retreat. And we, this year, we went to Disney World. And it's supposed to be the happiest place on earth, right? And so you guys been to Magic Kingdom, you know, and the big parade right down. That's kind of like a, a, a dead version of a joy tunnel. And, uh, and so anyway, and so we got these really good seats along the street. And they, they put these uh, ropes along, you know, so people walk on these uh, designated crosswalks. And it's all orderly. They're getting things cleared up. And me and my pastoral team decided we were going to make a joy tunnel out of Main Street and Magic Kingdom. So there's about 30 of us. And so we're standing all in a big clump and we, we talk about it. You know, we get our plan together and this is what we're going to do. No matter who goes by, we're just going to go nuts. Like they're the most famous, important, amazing people ever. And so we're ready, ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. We're ready. And so this guy, he's a custodian. He's got one of those rolling trash cans, you know, with the mop thing. Seriously, like the mop deal hanging out of the top and, and uh, he's in his Disney uniform and he just comes by because the streets at this point are mostly clear and he's just walking by you know picking up uh trash and all this and i'm like are you guys ready we're ready i'm like it's the trash guy Woo, trash guy t-r-a-s-h <laughs> we love trash guys Woo! and so we're going crazy 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 for trash guy and trash guy at first he sees us you know he's walking and we are to his left and he's like <laughs> but we just keep we just turn it on you know we just turn it up and boy, about halfway through our little group, he's, he gets real excited. He starts waving, you know. 
pushing his deal up. And uh, waving to that crowd gets their attention, and they don't know why they should be cheering for him, but because we're doing it, they start cheering for him. And then this young teenage couple, you know, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, they start coming through, uh, African-American couple. And they, listen to me, let me just tell you something, they got something started for us, because when they went by, we're like, woo, young love, it's wonderful, you know, <laughs> we're going crazy. And, uh, and we start doing this chant deal, and the guy starts dancing. And he does this thing all the way down Main Street. And it, people start getting excited, and they start cheering for him. And so, they, listen, the happiest place on earth starts to spread. Okay? We're just having fun. We didn't bring four spiritual laws, pamphlets or anything, you know, no gospel tracts. We're just having fun. And then this whole family comes by, mom, dad, kids. You don't see that much anymore. And so I said, it's a nuclear family, yes! <laughs> nuclear family, mom, dad, kids, mom, dad, kids, woo, 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 you know? And they're like, yeah, they're excited. People on the other side get excited. And so this starts happening. Kids, and I, listen, I'm telling you the truth. You can ask 30 people on my staff, they'll tell you the same story. In other words, I'm not just preaching. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> These kids, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. These kids, they're pulling on their mama's shirts. I want to go this way. They want to go by us. Yeah, we start going crazy. Well, there's this little girl and her family across the street. They started cheering. We start doing the wave. It went all the way down Main Street. People on the other side are getting really excited. And this little girl dressed as Snow White, she looks at us. She stands up. She turns and she's looking right at us. And we're like, Snow White, yeah, you know. We went crazy, okay? And then Kathy Melson uh, ran across the street and said, Snow White, I've never met you before. I'm so excited. Can I have your autograph? I think we have a picture of Kathy getting Snow White's autograph. And she was so excited and everybody was excited. And it was party time at the happiest place on earth. Okay, that was all before the parade. Then the parade happened. That was anticlimactic. And then right after. <laughs> and then right after, people start clearing out. And we were just about to walk. Listen, we had a couple people come up. One person came up and said, do you guys have reservations to eat at a restaurant? Because I want you to come to my restaurant and eat at our place. And we're like, unfortunately, we already have reservations. But this other woman came up to us in Disney uniform. She's working in one of the shops behind us. Big tears in her eyes. We haven't said a thing about Jesus. We're just being in God. She says, I've worked here for years. Big tears in her eyes. I've never seen anything like this before. At the happiest place on earth. I've never seen anything like this before. She said, who are you people? <laughs> I said, we're pastors. And we were able to share Jesus with this woman. One of our staff, you know, went off to a different part of uh, Disney World, came back and said, I just led somebody to Jesus. Now listen, we weren't being overly religious at all. We were just having, we were just the life of the party. Because the resurrection and the life is on the inside of us. When you have remarkable faith in a remarkable God, it results in remarkable enthusiasm and passion in what you do. If you paint houses, you paint houses like you're painting Jesus' house. If you are a trash guy, you're carrying trash like you're doing it for God. The Bible says, in fact, do what you do 
as unto the Lord. The enemies of enthusiastic, remarkable faith are perceived limitations. Man, yeah, it's easy for you to get excited. You know, you have a big church, you do all these things. Listen to me. God can live big in you too. Limitations can be a conduit of God's power. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 says, uh, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power might rest on me. Another enemy of, of remarkable, enthusiastic faith are promises that never came to pass. But let me tell you something you need to know. Maybe you got a prophetic word, something that would happen, and you saw it never happened in your life, and you're bitter about it, or you have questions. Let me tell you, the Bible in Hebrews 11, listen to me. I won't go to the reference, but let me just tell you, read Hebrews 11. It's called the, the, the Hall of Faith. One of the verses in Hebrews 11 says that all of the giants of the faith, all of them died without receiving everything that God had promised them. All of them. And it says that they went to heaven and they greeted those promises from a distance because they understood the ultimate reward. Number one, those promises would be fulfilled in the next generation, but the ultimate reward would be their home in heaven. That's the ultimate promise. A negative or resentful attitude is another, is another enemy of enthusiastic faith. There's a guy, a Holocaust survival, survivor named Viktor Frankl, who wrote one of the most important books of the 1900s. And here's a quote of his. He's seen the, the worst of the worst. Listen to this about attitude. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing. The last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances to choose one's own way. You know, a couple years ago, I connected with a, an artist. He was not a believer, but I became friends with this guy, and he came to my church, and he was really blown away by the life and the enthusiasm that was there. And we started talking about our stories, and, and he shared a story about teaching art at, uh, at Berkeley. And he had this art student, an older lady, non-traditional student. Her name was Eva. And she was also a Holocaust survivor. And she wanted to learn to paint. And so my friend started teaching her how to paint. One day he gave an assignment, paint anything you want. And so she starts painting this image of people in these striped uniforms, look like the, the inmates, the prisoners at Krakow and these places, Auschwitz. But they were smiling and they were happy and they were dancing in this image. And my friend, the art teacher, he says to Eva, he says, I'm confused by this image. He said, after all that you went through, he said, I'm assuming this is an image of, of Nazi Germany, of this horrible atrocity, but they look happy and they look graceful like they're dancing. And I don't see any chains and I don't see any barbed wire. And, I, and he was just offering some critique. He said, I think you need to put some chains and some barbed wire in there so people understand what this is. And, and Eva looks at him and says, I can remember my time there any way I want to. And she said, listen to what she said. And about chains, I never want to see another chain again. Listen to me. God is calling you and me to let the chains fall from us because the, the work has already been done. We just got to get it through this and start living like we are in God. 
and God is in us. Can I have the worship team come up, please? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he sets us free from our chains. In other words, there's nothing holding us back from living a life full of faith, full of enthusiastic faith. God can do. God will do. Listen, you and I don't even know the half of what God wants to do in your life until you and I get into the word and we start spending time with God. And it's amazing what begins to unlock in your life. And God will fill you up with passion and the chains, the things that used to hang you up will fall away and you'll start running like Paul did toward the prize, the mark of the high call of Christ Jesus in your life. I hope this message has been a blessing for you guys. Let, let remarkable faith rise up in you. I'm telling you, you'll become a fanatic, but in a good way. You'll be crazy, but not too crazy. Amen? I hope this has been a blessing for you guys. I want to pray and then we'll transition. Father, I thank you for your great power, your great grace, that the chains in our lives have been broken and we don't ever have to see another one again. No matter what we go through, Father, as you move us forward and as we find ourselves in Theos, in you, that we can face every circumstance with passion, with life, with joy, with the kingdom on our side. I just speak over every person in this room and every person in the venues, the other venues, Father, that your spirit would begin to open their hearts to radical faith, to radical in God faith that causes them to live like they believe and, and are celebrating the resurrection power of your son. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.